If you're a leader whose success depends on your ability to think clearly, then join the 8-Second Daily Coach, where I'll email you daily questions to amplify your leadership in 8 seconds or less. Sign up now at ZachAaron.com forward slash daily question. That's ZachAaron, Z-A-C-H-A-R-E-N-D.com forward slash daily question. Every thought you entertain, every pattern of ways of thinking, everything you put in manifests itself in some way in your life. So whether you hear it and think about it, or whether you create the thoughts yourself in response to something that happens that you've observed in you, you yourself are creating your experience by choosing, curating, and managing your thinking. Hello, and welcome to the Create Purpose Podcast, where we have real conversations about the journey to creating more of what you want in your life and your business. I'm your host, Zach Aaron, where at 16 years old, riding saddle broncs in the rodeo, I learned the value of trusting the process and putting in the work, eventually becoming a two-time state champion. And today, I help other creative entrepreneurs and leaders on their wild rides of turning their passion into a purpose-driven business. This podcast is all about inspiring you to bring your potential to life and create your purpose. Today's guest is Coach Jeffrey Boardman, Mindset and Life Coach. I personally work with Jeff and we've spent hours together. I can say without a doubt that you're in for a treat today in this episode. Coach Jeffrey, he has a unique ability to bring clarity to life and most importantly to your next step in what he calls the practice of living well. From his beginnings as a personal trainer in one of LA's top celebrity gyms to where he is today, Jeff has learned so much about the way our thoughts can affect our emotions, our health, and our well-being. His lived experience of being a mindset coach will inspire you to find what Jeff calls your own cosmic occupation. Not only will Jeff speak about this and what it really means to you, but he'll also walk us through an exercise to get clarity, to set yourself off on this journey he calls your cosmic occupation. And we're going to discuss that here in this episode. So you're in for a treat today. I promise that by the end of this episode, you're going to leave this feeling lighter, more energized, and more clear of who you are and what you've been put on this planet to do. So let's get into it. All right, everyone. Well, I'm here with mindset coach Jeffrey Bornman, and I personally work with Jeff, and we've worked together for the last year. We've spent hours together, and I can say without a doubt, you're in for a treat today. Coach Jeffrey, he has a unique ability to bring clarity to life, and most importantly, to your next step in what he calls practicing living well. And so, Jeff, if you don't mind, introduce yourself really quick. Well, that was a beautiful introduction. Uh, Thank you, Zach. It is such a privilege to get to be here. The work we got to do and continue to get to do brings me sincere, a deep level of gratification. Just you're awesome. And so to get to have a conversation that is directed toward your clients and your followers, your viewers. That's awesome. I was so excited to talk with you today. You know, I really mean it. The listeners, if you're listening to this podcast, you're really in for a treat because I promise you, if you listen to this podcast, you're going to leave feeling lighter, more energized and having a lot more clarity on who you are and what you're on this planet to do. That's Jeff's unique ability. And Jeff, that's why I'm excited to have you on here because you've had that impact on me and not just me. I've been around other people that know you and they say the same thing. So I know our listeners are going to really enjoy um, our conversation today. So I have a question for you and then I want to get into your story, but you always ask me (laughs) 
before we start any conversation. So I want to turn to the tables and ask you the question. What are you grateful for this morning? Mm, so beautiful. I love that. And I love that that has stuck with you. I'll talk about gratitude in a minute, but I'll share with you. I truthfully, the opportunity to get to have a conversation like we're having right now, but are going to have and have had, you know, in the times that we've been working together, I am never more fulfilled. I am never, I never have a greater sense of purpose or value, I guess I should say. I know that I'm making a difference on the planet when I get to have the kinds of conversations that you and I get to have. And they're conversations about how do I process this thing that's happening in my life? How do I set goals? But what are my dreams? You know, like, what am I really doing on this planet? What does my life mean? What does life itself mean? And to have conversations like that and, you know, really peel back layers of this is what's happening in your life for you right now. And this is what your life means. And to get a clarity like that, to be a part of that experience for somebody, it's unbelievably humbling. And I just am so grateful to get to do what I do. And every day, you'd think after 30 years, I would be used to it. <laughs> but I literally sometimes just, you know, develop tears. You know, I cry when I look back at the day, at the moments that I got to be a part of. And sometimes it's major breakthroughs, but sometimes, as we know, the breakthroughs are just incremental accomplishments within that looks like a breakthrough, but really it's only because you turned around to take a look at all the steps that you've taken and you see where you've been and you see the path you've walked and you see what you've accomplished. So however it is, whether it's me reflecting back to somebody, okay, what if we look at it like this? Or if it's them saying, wow, I finally see what you're saying. I finally understand that gift you were talking about that's wrapped up in forgiveness or anything else that we might've been working on, mm -hmm. which totally as an aside to go back a little bit, sort of self-introduction and what I'm grateful for. And I will say this just to add to that list. I encourage everybody to think about it every day. Ideally start to live in a state of gratitude, of acknowledgement, of awareness, and a thank you to all of the things that are happening around you every day. The fact that I can process and be on this call, I mean, process it up here, <laughs> let alone all the layers of things that have to happen for us to be together here, the technology, the education, the people that help me, the people that help you. That state of gratitude is such a way to create magic in your life because you start to realize that 10,000 things have to be working out for those three things that landed on your gratitude list today, <laughs> each of them has thousands of layers of random elements that came together to give you that thing that's on your list today. And when you start to see how much of this life is, yeah, we hear it all the time. Oh, life is a gift. You know, that's why they call it the present. Of course. I mean, I don't mean to minimize that, but once you start to see what an unbelievable gift it is in the making every day how much all of you could call them angels. You can call them forces unseen. Just the principles of physics, we can get into that, that all are working out for you to have these things every day that whether or not you acknowledge them, they may or may not continue to happen. But by taking that half a second to acknowledge it and then recognizing the crescendo of experiences and the elements that are falling together for those things to be, yeah. it really changes how you understand your own life. Absolutely. It's a choice. We can choose to be grateful or we can choose to not be grateful. And, you know, it's hard to be in fear. It's hard to 
doubt yourself. It's hard to be in a worrying state if you're grateful. When you're just focused on what is happening for you and what are you thankful for, it totally changes who you're being in that moment. So I bet we get into this even deeper. And But before we just jump right in, share a little bit about your backstory because it's very fascinating from kind of where this journey started and some of the insights that were revealed to you along the way that's brought you to where you are today. And I'd love for you to share that with everyone. Wow, it's beautiful. Thank you. And it'll go full circle to gratitude. 30 plus years ago, I was a personal trainer. And that job started out of being a lifeguard when I was a teenager in high school and college. And I never really thought of being a personal trainer as a career path. And back in the late 1980s, when that started for me, it really was not a career path that didn't exist. I mean, there were people training Olympic athletes and professional athletes. Yes, I wasn't that caliber of an athlete myself. <laughs> so it would not have been reasonable for me to go, oh, why don't I go train, you know, Olympic gold medal hopefuls? Because that wouldn't have been appropriate. So I never thought of it as a career path, but I was working at the LA Athletic Club, as a matter of fact, here in Los Angeles. And I started teaching kids how to swim and I started teaching their parents how to swim. And, you know, I was coaching the master swim team a little bit and lifeguarding some as well, just having a ball. And that was my side job, part-time job. I was in grad school. I also had another job that, you know, paid the bills, but that was my fun job. The athletic director came up to me one day. I'd been there several months and said, you know, you have a certain quality about you that everybody in this club really likes you. The members like you, your coworkers like you, the administrative staff likes you, and you have the opportunity at great success, and we would love to be a part of that with you. And one thing I would highly encourage you to consider is becoming a personal trainer. It was the first time I really had ever thought about it. And he went on to say, this gentleman, Jim Golding, I owe him this conversation today came out of this conversation I'm sharing with you right now, 30 some years ago. And he said, we will pay to get you certified. We will educate you. I will connect you with mentors. I will do everything in my power to make sure that you get the training that whatever training you want to be as good as you want to be. It's all up to you. You let me know what you think. <laughs> Being one to say opportunity, certainly at that time, saying yes to opportunity as I would have been, I still am, but was at that age. I said, yeah, of course. So I started down that path, taking classes at the university to learn more about nutrition, exercise science, physiology, things that I had a little bit of awareness of through my own journey as a swimmer, but you know, learning the science, learning the technology, learning the, the keys to the process. And I was connected also then with trainers that were Olympic gold medalists that had been Mr. World, Mr. Universe. You know, it was not uncommon for Arnold Schwarzenegger or Frank Zane, beautiful, beautiful person he is, all of them, Lou Ferrigno, that whole group of people that brought the sort of what they called physical culture into the mainstream in the 60s and 70s, really. Some of those people were working at the athletic club or training clients there and or would come in to work out there because their cohorts from back in the day were training clients there and were, in fact, my mentors. So I had the best quality introduction to here's how to do this job. Now, they started to send me clients, you know, because other members would be like, oh, I want to work with that guy. I want to work with that guy. Or who do you recommend I work with? And what I could start to see right away was several things, one of which is the people that I had success with right off the bat. They came into the room, quote unquote, 
already knowing what their purpose is. They already understood what their place on this planet was all about. They already knew what this hour, two or three times a week that they were spending with me, they knew where that fit. They knew what that meant in their lives. I didn't have to explain that to them. They knew what they were using, my motivation, my information. They saw how it fit into their journey because they had an awareness of their, what I call cosmic occupation. They had an awareness of what they're really doing on the planet. They had an awareness of a life plan that this is what I'm doing with my whole life. And this is where my job fits in. This is where my family fits in. This is where all of these vehicles of accomplishing that bigger purpose all fit into my journey. And what I need from you is helping me create that fitness level that is necessary to fulfill on that whole overarching life purpose. I was like, okay, I'm in. Now, I had this whole other population of clients that didn't know that, had not done that work, didn't either have parents that encouraged them to think that way or mentors along the way or somewhere within the educational system that they experienced that that had been presented as an idea. And I could see right away the difference between how those, what was happening in terms of the fitness level and the engagement level that was happening in those two sets of population of clients. The ones that were had no purpose, canceled all the time, didn't really relate to what I was encouraging them to do outside of the, they were getting a great time with me for that hour and 90 minutes that we spent together. Absolutely, that was my job. But beyond that, how they took that and put it into play in the rest of their lives, I could see which population had a sense of purpose, which didn't. So I started to ask these mentors that I was working with, and as I was getting education from these professors and certifying bodies, I would ask this whole concept of purpose. And they would talk about goals, but uh, you know, I could see that the goal to lose, to get to a certain dress size for a class reunion, that wasn't enough to be able to bench press as much as that dude over there. And I'm like, but that dude's full-time job is to look like that. That's why you see him on billboards. Like he does that eight hours a day. Why do you need to press that amount of weight when you're going off to run a law firm? I can see that there was a disconnect. So people were setting goals out of like random, I just want to have that body because I want to have the life that I imagine that person on the billboard has. Like, okay, well, that's not really a life. That's a different thing. I started really working with this idea of like, what's behind fitness? What's behind how people set up their lives? What is this idea of a purpose for your life? And what is this idea of how the thoughts that you think, the way you identify yourself, the beingness of you has such an impact on your whole overall body that my questions were not being answered. And I was literally working with the very best trainers in the world that were teaching me how to do this job. And yet it had not occurred to them or they had not found the answer either. So I really had to set off on a journey myself, kind of in my own little bubble going, all right, what you think creates your body. The chronic thought patterns create chronic either illness and dis-ease or health and well-being. But it's back in the mind. Understanding what it is you're doing on this planet helps you determine what it is you think every day and help you manage your mind and manage your image of yourself, your identity of yourself, not as a loser, not somebody who still has 10 pounds to lose, not somebody who can only press 145 pounds on a bench or whatever it is you're using as a metric to measure your life because you're working off of these metrics that have nothing to do with your life. I saw how all of this worked, but I didn't have a vocabulary of experiences to really be able to give somebody what I could see was real quality training in terms of health and well-being. 
So for these last decades, really, even though I kept thinking of it as a part-time side job, just like being a lifeguard. I mean, there's a window of opportunity (laughs) with a job like that. Again, in my thinking, this is something I can do while I'm young. It's fun. It's not going to pay a mortgage. It's not going to send kids to private school. It's not going to do all the things that you kind of know you're going to be looking at having to do with your life. But I loved it. At the end of the day, like I was talking about how I still look and see those moments with clients and it moves me. I would say to God, and I remember this, you know, being a very young adult, I'd be like, all right, God, (laughs) I earned tomorrow. You know, as well as I do, this is me talking to God. What just happened there was magic. And I would have these conversations with God and it would always be about something that happened with a client. And so it just kept working out for me, use the pun. It kept being magic for me. And so I kept doing it. And I've never had to advertise. I've never had to ask somebody to be my client. I literally just look at every opportunity to have an interaction with somebody as an opportunity to help reflect them back to them, who they are, the truth of them. Let's get down to the real you. Let's start thinking about what is the identity of you. How do you view yourself? You know, what do you see yourself as? Are you holding on to truth when you think of yourself in your beingness? Or are you holding on to a bunch of outside conditions that really are just the effect Mm. of the identity that you're holding on to, which is the cause, of course. And mostly I've been successful because I love it. (laughs) I haven't really, you know, I keep learning. I keep growing. I've always had coaches and trainers for my whole journey. You know, I've worked with some of the top caliber of mentors and trainers my entire career but because it always excites me, not because, oh, I want to be the best for the purpose of aggrandizement or recognition. I want to be better because I just love what I get to do. And the journey really has sort of just been me learning how to be a person and learning how to be the best person I can be. And every time I figure that out, a new aspect for myself, I start incorporating that into what I'm doing with clients. So my life is the laboratory that I start figuring stuff out and then working with clients is the research. And I say, okay, well, this is how it worked for me. This is how it works in the laboratory. Here's how it's working in their clinical trials, (laughs) the research with people, with clients. And oh, I see how you're making this work over here. I hadn't even thought of that. That's kind of a a nice way to think of that. So then I take that and I import it over here to this client and how they're working and what they're doing. And so then there's this exponential increase that keeps happening as I work on being a better person myself in this laboratory within me, and then take it to the research trials, then the research keeps revealing, number one, I'm on the right path. But number two, here's ways to take it higher. Here's ways to get it wherever you are, whatever you're struggling with, whatever level of accomplishment you think you have achieved and have yet to achieve. There's a place that truth will meet up with you and will change how you're living your life. You know, spending 30 years of your life helping people find their purpose, pursue their purpose, create their purpose. I'm sure you see life through a whole new lens and you see what really works and what doesn't work. And you and I've had conversations in the past. I know you have three practices of living well, because that is what this is all about. And I know those that are listening, I know my audience, they want to maximize their life. They want to make a big impact. No question. And they really want to live a life on purpose. They want to maximize their potential, maximize who they are, and live life to its fullest. And so what advice do you have for us, all of us, on how to do that from what you've learned over the last 30 years? It takes me back, what you just said, to thinking about the philosopher Seneca, 
Roman 2000 years ago said that of all of the arts and Romans were builders, they were, you know, architects, they were engineers, they were painters and sculptors. I mean, we look still to sort of the Roman empire as the beginning of what we think of as Western civilization, such as it is. Back then, he understood that of all the arts, living well is the most difficult and most challenging that any human will undertake. And I give you that as a starting point because I want you to think of your life as a creation, as a piece of art. And the art of living well is creative, it's structural, it is technical, it is inspiration and spontaneity, all the things that you would think of as an, of an artist that, you know, whether they paint and they practice stroke, 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 you know, or a pianist practicing the scales, practicing the arpeggios, practicing the glissandos, the technical aspect of living a good life is so that then when the opportunity for spontaneity and creativity and expression comes up, then all of a sudden you get to do that. So think of that as your life. If there's an art and a science to living well and put that frame around this discussion and the discussion you have with yourself when you're measuring what you're doing with your life and you're thinking about how far have I come, how far I have yet to do, what I'm failing at, what I've been failing at for as long as I've been on the planet. It's an art. It's a painting. It's a piece of music. It's an expression. So there's always room for one more stroke. There's always room for one more note. There's always, you can go back to the beginning and, and start over, start a new canvas, start a new graph sheet to write some new music. One of the things that I really know about what creates a life is what you're thinking. I started to see that early on in my training career as, like I said a minute ago, here's how I really started noticing this. Obviously, in the time that I get to spend with you in the gym or wherever, sometimes we're hiking, sometimes we're running on the beach. I mean, it could be any environment, but obviously conversation about how your life is going is also very much the content into whatever the physical activity that we're doing. So I started to notice that I would have conversations with people that had the same challenge in their life, whether it was within their marriage or with their teenage kids or in their profession, they would end up in the same dynamic with their boss and a new boss would be the same dynamic or a new boyfriend would be the same dynamic. But person after person, they also had a very similar, if not the exact same chronic dis-ease in their body. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, that's bizarre. <laughs> This person is having the same struggle in their marriage that this person is having, and they have the same impingement in the shoulder. Well, that's bizarre. And then a third person would show up with that, and a fourth person would show up with that, or it would be with the knee, or it would be with the hip. And I could started to see how the mindset was really related to uh, what was happening in the body. And now I can tell you unequivocally, every single pattern of thinking that you have has a manifestation in your body. That is just the reflection back to you of what you're thinking. The physical being is completely made up from the mental being. It all goes back to here. I didn't know this. And like I said, nobody was training me on this. I started to observe it. And then I had to start doing the research. Where is the information that can tell me more about this? What are the pathways that allow me to understand this in my life? All right, let's take a look at my body. <laughs> what are you telling me, JB? <laughs> you know, what information are you sending back to me? And I started to then as I was doing this research about where we store fear, where we store joy, where the flow of energy, the meridians in Chinese medicine, they call it, where the flow of energy goes through our body. And I can start to go, okay, isn't that interesting? Where 
that type of energy is having some sort of impingement in my spirit, in my mind, in my experience, in my identity, in myself, my body's having the exact same limitation. Okay, so this is for real. So that's how I discovered and started walking down the pathway to it. And of course, there's tons of research now that obviously there is a mental body that relates simultaneously and equal to the mind. You could say there's a frequency that's in your mind that the body is waiting to hear. As soon as it hears that frequency, it takes the form of your thoughts. It's that instantaneous. Now we know that. Candace Pert, one of the just beautiful, beautiful soul that just left the earth not too long ago, one of those first researchers back in the 60s and 70s to talk about plasticity, neuroplasticity, understanding that there are neurons within the physical body that are responding to the vibration and energy that's coming from the mental body, that we store our thoughts, we store our experiences, not just in the container itself, but in a certain energy system that's activating the physical container, the body. Knowing all of that, that that's the way your thoughts manifest physically, let's go further. Let's go back to like seventh grade, where they taught us that everything that we can see that's a solid and a gas and a liquid, in fact, anything that is mass, are like molecules vibrating at the same frequency. So, If you go back to the idea of what I'm thinking, our thoughts actually create a biochemical cascade, hormones, or some chemical within that activates the body in some way. Those emotions are actually the body. They're not in your mind. They're in the physical. Those emotions are a physical response to thought pattern or individual thoughts, in fact. And that emotion is creating the physical vibration. That vibration then, think of it, is going out into the atmosphere around you. There's no possible way that it can't. Those are basic laws of physics. So in the same way that it's that your thoughts are manifesting your body, they're also manifesting everything else that's happening around you. So you walk with a certain level of vibration that is equal to the thoughts that you're having. You walk into a room, everyone in the room may not know what you're thinking about, but they feel your energy. Not only do they see the way you walk in and how your deportment speaks a certain statement, but I feel you. I get that this is not a good day. I get that you're struggling with something. I get that you're not in a place of joy, or I get the opposite, and I'm activated to that level. So when you start to think about how important it is what you think, it literally is creating then this vibration, truly what we learned in science, that's going out and creating for you the experience that you're having how it's interacting on an unspoken way with the people around you, with the environment, with the conditions that you experience. You're making me think, you know, I, there was a time in my life I would have been listening to you and I would have thought, well, that's kind of woo woo I I don't know about all that, you know, but my experience has been, it's so true. You know, it's who we are that really determines what we do and how we do it. So it's a state of being, you know, and the best way to teach somebody love or kindness is to be love, to be kindness. There is this being that attracts more of that to you. It changes how you carry yourself. It changes how you speak. It's all in your being, you know, and I work with a lot of clients, you know, they're trying to grow their business and trying to figure out how to get there, you know, wherever there is for them. And 99% of the time, before we go there, we talk about who are they being? Because it affects everything. The beliefs that they're holding about themselves and their circumstances, are they seeing it as a problem or a challenge or are they seeing it as an opportunity? 
you know, it, it changes everything. Gratitude, all those things, it, it changes how you're being. And so I love what you're sharing. And you said something earlier, Jeffrey, about, I think you said cosmic occupation. And we've talked about this a little bit and the importance of being aligned with that. And you know it when you are and you know it when you're not. And can you talk a little bit more about that? That goes back to those early days as a trainer. And as I was sharing this idea of I had this population of clients that already understood that. And in fact, it was out of investigation that I even figured that out because I had these two, you could say there were more than two categories, but we'll put them in two categories. This population that were succeeding very well and utilizing the information and the knowledge and open to trying new things, open to cutting dairy out of their diet for six weeks. And let's just see how that goes. Open to you know changing what time they go to bed. And let's just see how that goes. Doesn't mean you're doing it forever. You're not making a commitment. They're like, sure, I'll try that. They were way open to those kinds of things versus the other people are like, no, I like cream cheese on my bagels, you know, I'm like, well, we shouldn't be having the bagels either. So <laughs> versus the box that people had put themselves into where they were unwilling to be open to the things that I was really training, them, encouraging them to think about and work into their lives. So these are these two populations of people. So I started asking these individuals over here where things are going well, I could say, and not all did they have the exact same wording and not all did they put it in that way. But as I said to you a minute ago, they all understood their purpose. They understood what they were doing here. And so I started to investigate on this side that asked sort of the inverse questions of why are you really here in the gym, but on the planet beyond that? You know, what do you think you're really doing here? And I could see right away, it was pretty much one for one. The people that, you know, weren't succeeding didn't have this knowledge, hadn't done this investigation for themselves hadn't spent time really contemplating. They had thought about what they wanted. Again, in those days, anybody that had a personal trainer, they were already very successful people. There was nobody in my population of any of my clients from the outside people wouldn't look at as successful. So these are people that set goals and perhaps in a very Machiavellian way, manipulated, extracted, maneuvered, and accomplished, but they still hadn't sat down to think about this question of what do you think you're doing here on the planet? And so I started to go through some exercises and ask questions like I knew what I was doing. What I was trying to do was plant the seed for them to be thinking about it. But I would ask a random series of questions in different ways for that thought process to start happening in their lives. And I love this topic so much that I actually I speak at schools a lot. I mean, when people will let me <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I used to speak at schools. Maybe again, I will uh, in right. 2022 and beyond about this same idea with kids, you know, let's start thinking about what you're doing on this planet. And the way I realized with kids, it wasn't so much, you know, I don't want you to be thinking about a goal. I don't want you to be thinking about, you know, the house, the fence, the spouse, the kids, the cars. Those are all just accoutrements that come along the way. What I really discovered, this is me, you know, in the research lab, what people really need to understand is this thing that we're talking about right now, cosmic occupation. And the reason I call it cosmic is because ideally, once you relate to it, well, the reality isn't ideal. Ideally, what will happen is you'll relate to it. And once you relate to it, you'll see that it's cosmic. It's bigger than your life. It's bigger than these set goals that you've you know, set out to accomplish 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years. It's way bigger than that. And there's this set of skills and gifts and talents that you came into this life with. There is a place inside of you that you know that you know that you know what you know. 
Nobody has to explain it to you. And in fact, you don't have any need to explain it to anybody else. You know it. It's true. Somewhere in that space within us is this awareness of this gift set that we came here to this planet to actually employ. Not just a thing we came to do. You know, I frequently talk about the ripple effect that we get to create with this life. If you think about this life as a piece of art and think of that art as something that's going to have reverberation and there's a ripple that's going to continue to flow long after we're here. That are, those are the basic, you know, 15 billion light year wide expanding universe that our pea brains can understand we're existing in. The energy never leaves. It's always going to be within this universe. But beyond that one thing that you leave, that one piece of art that your life is that ripples throughout eternity, what are the actual activities, the gifts that you have? And when you show up and you do that, right there is the solution to every problem. I know that my job is to do this. I know the talent that I have is to do this. I know as soon as I look at a problem and I'm looking for a solution and I'm banging my head you know, against a wall, why this and when that and why won't this move? And I don't know how to get through this. I don't know how to get over this. It's in that cosmic occupation. As soon as you go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Took me long enough to get here. But as soon as I start putting that cosmic work, that gift I have to work, then right there's my solution. Right there's my path out. Or right there's the opportunity to improve somebody else's circumstances if that's what I was actually put here to do. You're making me think of some. I'm this morning, we were actually talking about this before the podcast started. I really love the book, The War of Art. Stephen Pressfield. And this morning I read this and it's just popping out at me right now. He says, our job in this lifetime is not to shape ourselves into some ideal image we ought to be, but to find out who we already are and become it. I think that's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's exactly I love it. it. That's I love exactly it. it. Here we live in a world now where we have access to things, more minds than we've ever had access to before. And those minds that are achieving the life that you think you might want, they're working from the very space that you and I are talking about right now. I was looking at something the other day and it was finally like, of course, of course, of course, you know, one of those like, oh my God, talk about it, it took me long enough to get here. I was reading an article about a gentleman that I have a great amount of respect for. And what he has done in his training is he takes Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, that starts with physical needs being met and then moving up to a sense of safety and love and self-respect and respect for your fellow man and ultimately self-actualization. And this gentleman, Paul, is flipping that and goes, whoa, 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 it's exactly the opposite. Self-actualization is the key to all of the other pieces. So the hierarchy of need, it's not just that you get to achieve that after all these things, self-actualization are met. Those things will never be met effectively until you self-actualize. So exactly what you just read from Stephen Pressfield, behavioral scientists have been looking at trying to figure out how do we address the problems of mankind and are coming to understand the conclusion of exactly that. It's not the image of what you think success is supposed to be. It's not even the things that will make life comfortable for you in the particular society that you live. It is self-actualizing. Yeah. Being you at your best. So my question to you is, it's not easy. It's challenging. I can speak personally. I've had a lot of dreams and ambitions to build a big business and, and, you know, and help people and serve people. And what do I do? I look to those that are doing it and I start to compare myself to them. And all of a sudden I start feeling less than I start minimizing who I am. Like I know this now. So how do we manage, you know, the social media, the Instagram, 
all the people that are out there doing the thing that maybe we aspire to do. And how do we come back home to finding, you use the word truth, but finding our, our way and finding that who am I and what does that look like as an expression in what I'm doing? How do we do that? How do we tap back into that center, that cosmic occupation? So beautifully phrased that thought and question. One of the things I learned early on working with people in this way, you know, around this subject and how it related to their well-being and their fitness is that you have to start to use a different metric to measure your success. So if I'm going to measure my success, first of all, I have no idea what the internal experience is like of that person that I'm looking at, that I'm comparing myself to. So that already is unreasonable. But the reality of it too is if I've chosen to walk my path, then I have to determine, again, have the awareness of what that is, cosmic occupation, therefore leads me on a particular path. And I have to know, I have to always have that as the measure. Did I employ that? Am I employing that? Will this choice allow me to employ that at its highest, purest, cleanest, most artistic expression that I can do? So the beauty of it is, is it gives you the measure so that you never have to be confused by that noise of what somebody else is doing. Because remember, this goes back to being, not doing. And beyond that, not only then are you not confused by that metric, you then always have a tool right in front of you, a measuring yardstick or meter stick, whatever, <laughs> wherever you might be in the world that allows you to measure every single decision that you're making. Yeah. So is this moving me forward in that cosmic occupation? Is this allowing me to be more expressive in that cosmic occupation? Am I giving those gifts more effectively? Or which of these two choices allows that to happen? Because so, sometimes it isn't just a matter of a yes. It's yes. also I've got three or four options laid out in front of me and I have to decide which. I love that. And I like to think of it as there's a difference between living from the inside out versus the outside in, you know, living from the inside out, we all have these values, that cosmic occupation, those desires of the heart that we want to express to the world. We do. They're there. They might be a whisper, but they're there. And so if we can live from a place of inside out where life is an expression versus living our lives, trying to prove our worth, trying to earn our spot, that only gets you so far. And it's very draining. That's a tiring race. And I'm listening to you talk and I've experienced this with you on the journey and, and I've surrounded myself with a lot of people that have given me a lot of insights, especially this past year. It's been a phenomenal year, but one of the biggest things, it, this is the outcome of when you can learn to live from the inside out, you no longer are chasing after your dream. Your dream is chasing after you. Like it literally feels that way. Things just happen and you're just playing full out, enjoying the ride, having a whole heck of a lot of fun. And doors just seem to open. And that has been my experience. And I think some of the things you're sharing, you've seen that too with a lot of, of your clients. Thousands of times. The people that I've gotten to do this research with are clients that pay me to bring my very best into the room. And just what you described is when people finally start working from within, it changes everything. Suddenly, exactly. And even the wording that you just used, that which you were seeking suddenly it's now seeking you. Mm. And it's so real and it's so significant that once you've had the experience, you never go back. You may find yourself stumbling or, but that it takes a minute. You go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what I just did there. Okay. I'm back on track because you'll never not work from within. You'll never not use that measure 
And we all come against a lot of struggle. I mean, it's not, I don't mean to imply that everything is without work, but the work brings unbelievable results that you could never have expected. And in fact, if you go after the result, you know, again, it's cause and effect in this universe. So if you go after the effect, you ignore the cause, you're never going to get the actual effect that you're looking for. You're the cause. You're the cause, precisely. And so I'm a coach, you're a coach, and people are listening to this, and we've covered so much. And I want the listener to ask themselves, like, what would it look and feel like? What would be different for you if you were living from the inside out, if you were letting the dream chase you instead of constantly striving and grinding what would be different? With that question, I want to ask you, Jeffrey, is I can imagine there's somebody listening that's like, yeah, but like, I just don't know what that is. I don't know. How do I? It's just like they're blocked. They just don't know what that is for them. How could we help them get some clarity? A couple of things. Number one is I will send you so you have it. You can post it with this podcast episode. I'll send you a list of questions that people can start asking themselves. And over the years, I'm sure many times you have been asked certain questions, but I want you to come to some conclusions in a different way. So some of the questions, I'll even just run through them so that listeners that are following this path that want to think about these things. And this is an exercise that I've put together that I leave with teachers and principals and with the kids that I get to speak at when I'm talking at schools. For, but these are very much adult questions. I'm having the expectation that kids are going to rise up to an adult level. And some of the questions that you can ask yourself, and I'll tell you what to do with the answers in a minute. If I won the lottery and all my needs were completely met, what things would I most want to fill my days with and my years with? And I frequently put examples in just so that people have a way to start thinking. Or you know, would that be surfing, writing music? Would you be traveling? Would you be learning about ancient cultures? Would you teach sign language or something like that? That if the lottery came in, so I don't have to do this for money. I get to do this to be the very best version of myself. I find fulfillment and inspiration in this activity. What might that be? There's one question. And again, I'll tell you what to do with the answers in a minute. As time marches on, how would I most like history to remember us here now, 500 years into the future? If you think about what is it that history has said about cultures in the past, what do you think would be the most valuable piece of information you could send forward to the future? Like, this is what they did in that time. This is what they knew about being human. Because remember, when we look back, what we look at is the art, the architecture, the literature, the philosophy. We don't look at the random surface stuff. We look for clues of how to be a human when we look back at ancient cultures or previous cultures, same for you right now, what would that be that you would pass forward to somebody else? Because ideally, we want to live in that space. Mm -hmm. I want to just be that message to the future. And in that same idea about looking back at cultures, what historical timeframes and or geographic locations do you look back in history and have a relationship with? Do you look back at the Romans and their road building and construction and engineering and conquering? Or do you look back at the Greeks and their philosophy and their sense of living in their body and their health and wellness and relationship to that? Do you look at Chinese cultures and their understanding of these things we're talking about of living within ancient Chinese medicine and meditation? Do you look to particular religions that have an ancient historical aspect to them? Because there's something in that 
historical period that you relate to that's true for you, that that rings true and brings a sense of self when you relate to that or contemplate that time in history or that place in history. Think about that and what that might be. But I'll give you a couple more. What are my deepest fears for myself? And then to extend that out, how about what are my deepest fears for mankind as I look about the cabin and see the condition of being human in the 21st century? Those fears tend to have a direct line to that thing you know you're here to do. I'm afraid that the world won't do this. I'm afraid that I'll die and not have accomplished this. I'm afraid that my grandkids might never understand this. Whatever that fear is, I can't describe it for you, but you know what it is. I mean, I get chills just thinking of it right now as I'm talking to you. So like, I know right there is where my work is. The more you have a relationship with your fear, the more you have a relationship with your purpose. So get clear about that. You're making me think of one of my favorite quotes by Joseph Campbell. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. That has been so true in my life and a lot of my clients. That fear is actually an indicator. <laughs> it's actually an indicator of your answer. It's if a you're looking path. for who am I, what am I meant to do? Ask, what, am, what are you afraid of? Because that's going to lead you closer to why you're here. I love that last question, especially. That one's really good. And these are questions that I discovered along the way. Remember, these are things that I kept trying to figure out. How do I get into that individual where they are? so that they can start relating to this part of themselves that gives them that sense of life purpose, of cosmic occupation, so that my goal was for them to have enjoy well-being and the beauty and health and wealth of good life, but, you know, of just health. So these questions that I'm asking you were all arrived at in a very slow but methodical process to where I started to see the, the value of those each specific ideas to be entertaining. Another one I'll give you is when you and I were talking a minute ago about gratitude and what I got to share with you was how much I love this, what you and I are doing right now, how that gives me a full sense of like purpose in your life, in my life. And for you, for your listeners, for everybody, the same thing is true for both of us. There's a bridge here. When you're in that state of complete awe and humble gratitude, where you're like, I just, I can't believe I get to conceive this idea or behold this unbelievable beauty of nature where you just fall into tears of joy and you're just moved by the reality of being alive right now. What are you doing when that happens to you? Where is it that you know your mom is going to fall apart as soon as she hears this story or your dad is going to, you know, go out and, you know, paint the garage again when he hears this story. You know inside of you there are moments of just deep, deep gratitude that inspire you to move and do and be that best version of yourself. What activity are you in or what are you beholding and experiencing when you have those feelings? That's a key here also. Here's the idea about these answers. They're not necessarily one-word answers. They're not necessarily just one idea. It's just so obvious that it's just that boom, there is the answer to that question. Or it could be a picture you tear out of a magazine or a picture that you've seen come across your internet homepage over and over again. Start finding all of those things and creating a collage. It, almost exactly like anybody who has done some study with the idea of creating abundance and having what they call a treasure map, 
We have pictures that you keep in front of you of the things you want to accomplish, the things you want to achieve. You know, start to relate to that Corvette, start to relate to that house on the hill, start to relate to that family, start to relate to those things you want. Is the idea of this thing called a treasure map of law of attraction, drawing yourself to those circumstances and drawing those things to you, back to that vibration. But in this case, we're going to flip that. And what if what we do is we make a collage that gives you a picture, it's a reflection back to you of exactly who you are. So that the image isn't what you're attaining or working for or a goal you've set for yourself. The image is actually like, yep, that's who I am. That's what this life means. That's what I care about. If I die alone, if I die surrounded by a thousand people, no matter what befalls me, this is what I am. This is who I am. That's what I want you to do with these answers. So you have that kind of a piece of art that shows you your life as a piece of art. Yes. And I just want to add to that. I love that. And once you have that vision, it's also normal to have that inner resistance inside your own head saying, yeah, but how are you going to create that? How are you going to get there? And that question, that how question, it's not a helpful question. Well, you don't know how you've never done it. So it's normal to not know how, But I promise you, you can answer this question. What's your next best step? And it might be the smallest step. It might just be sharing with your spouse or your business partner or your best friend. You know, I think I kind of like to move in this direction. Don't know how, but, you know, and it might just be having a conversation. It might be picking up a book. It might be hiring a coach. It's going to be just a small step, but just imagine letting your life play out 20 years and you just keep taking a step. You're going to look behind you and be like, oh my goodness. And you might even forget about that poster on the wall. You might dust that thing off and be like, oh my goodness, this is all come to pass. I'm already beyond this. Like, and that's that, like, I'm kind of getting excited. This is the journey. This is letting the dream chase you. You almost forget about the destination and you kind of fall in love with the journey. And so that's a great spot. I could talk to you for hours and we might have to do this again, Jeffrey, but that would be great. Before we wrap up, um, I had a couple more quick questions for you. The first question for me is a dangerous question because I've already buy too many books. My wife is like, what are you going to do with all these books? My bookshelf's <laughs> full. There's piles, you know, that you can't see right now. What's a book that's coming to mind? I'm not going to ask you for your favorite book. What really just comes to your mind as you look back on our conversation today? Which one would you want to throw out there? knowing I'll probably grab it because I'm going to want to read it. And so will hopefully those that are listening. So what's a book that comes to mind? The way I work on books sometimes is I like, I don't get all the way through them for a while because I'll read a certain piece of it. And I'm like, all right, I got to sit with this. Let me think about this. Let this settle into me. Let me start to master some of this content in how I'm living my life. So those stacks are active stacks, but they could be there for a year or two as I'm picking up a particular book and rereading the chapter that I read last week because I just want to get deeper into it or I want to, again, get the thought deeper into me. I'm going to give you two books. This is actually me being very efficient. Yes. <laughs> uh, the first one goes back to that idea that we're talking about of how you think is creating your life. And there's a beautiful little small pocket-sized book called As a Man Thinketh. It's probably 100 years old. It's by James Allen. And I have a copy that I've read hundreds of times. In fact, my grandfather, my mom's father, when I went off to college, maybe even before that, I must have been in high school, maybe even, took a copy that he had had from the 1960s that was completely all 
highlighted and worked through and he had it rebound and then gave me that as a gift. And so I have continued to use that particular one that's got underlining and highlighting and notes in the margins in his handwriting. And then, of course, for the last 40 years in my handwriting. And he uh, gave me this gift because he understood what I'm sharing with you right now. So here was somebody in his 70s, 80s, whatever year you know, he would have been at that time, knowing what's the most important thing I can give to a young person that I care about is for them to start understanding that every thought you entertain, every pattern of ways of thinking, everything you put in manifests itself in some way in your life. So whether you hear it and think about it, or whether you create the thought yourself in a response to something that happens that you've observed in view, you yourself are creating your experience by choosing, curating, and managing your thinking. So ideally, start to learn how to do that and then start managing it so that it always is bringing love into the world, so that it's always bringing abundance into the world, so that it's always compassionate, it's always slow to anger, it's always open to new ideas and opportunities. You have the control over that based on how you learn how to think. That little book is just a beautiful essay on that subject. You could sit there and read it for an hour. But as I've told you, it was read over and over and over and over again before it got into my hands. And it's been read over and over and over and over and over again, as long as it's been in my hands. As a man thinketh, James Allen. Other one is a gentleman named Paul Chappelle, like chapel with two P's and two L's. And he has an organization called Peace Literacy. And the concept is the same way we train people about war. And this dude actually went to West Point and was a highly achieved soldier, served in Iraq. And one day, you know, while he was shooting at the enemy, he thought, I wonder if we spend as much time training people how to create peace, wage peace, the same degree of education that we give not just soldiers, but everybody, business students, you go to business school, you study Machiavelli, you don't study Martin Luther King. If I was trained as effectively at waging peace as I have been at waging war, would we be here right now? And so he's spent the last 20 years of his life working at that idea of how do we get involved in the minds of kids and our whole culture, our whole society, and start really learning to wage peace? First, it starts within, just exactly what you and I are talking about right now, who I'm being. Then that radiates out into my household, my extended family, my community, those people who work for me, those people who I work for, it all comes out of me. And ultimately, this ripple effect is a very structural, intentional creation of peace. So you can imagine when I came across this guy, Paul K. Chappelle, I thought, okay, <laughs> I want to know more. <laughs> Here's another stack of books I'm going to be reading for the next two years slowly. But those are two I would give you to add to what you already know about how to build a good business and how to be effective as an entrepreneur for those of you that are listening that are in that realm. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for coming on the show. And thank you for being who you are and making the impact you're making on so many people, including me. I mean, I'll just say just thank you personally for the gifts you've given me over this past year um, in all our conversations, because you really have given me a lot of clarity, a lot of energy and courage to stay the course and continue to walk into that cave that I fear the most, right? And trust my cosmic occupation, trust it. I think that's a key thing. Trusting it is the opportunity is because you're going to have self-doubt. You're going to have that inner resistance saying, what are you doing? But 
you got to trust what's inside because it's really all you got. You've given me the courage to do that. And thank you for that. And thank you for coming on the show. My sincere pleasure, Zach. Absolutely. And what you just said is probably the key to the kingdom. Courage is always rewarded. Courage is always rewarded. Take anything that we talked about today, anything, and start playing with it. Start thinking about it. Start researching, investigating. And that courage to do walk down any of the paths that we talked about today, you are going to find rewards beyond your wildest expectation. I have watched it happen in thousands of lives. Courage is always rewarded. Thanks, Jeff. Yes, thank you. Privilege and an honor. Thank you. Wow, what a way to end the episode. Courage is always rewarded. So good. (laughs) Thanks for joining me in this conversation with Coach Jeffrey. I hope you found something that really resonated with you. You know, Coach Jeffrey had so many pearls of wisdom in that episode, and it's incredible how much of what he said really can be applied to our everyday lives. And with that in mind, I want you to take a look at the questions that Jeffrey provided us towards the end of the episode. And for that reason, I'm going to put a link in the show notes so that you can download those questions and start to work through them for yourself. And as you do, I want you to just really look at the answers that come up for you. How does the answers to the questions, how might they apply to your cosmic occupation, your purpose? What are the themes that are coming up, the consistent themes throughout? And also, what fear might be coming up for you that's gotten in the way up until this point of you having more of what you desire in your life or your business? As Jeffrey said, those fears have a direct line to your purpose in life. The more you have a relationship with your fear, the more you have a relationship with your purpose. So finally, I have one small favor to ask of you. Wherever you get your podcast, be that Apple Music, Spotify, if you enjoyed this podcast and what we're trying to do here, just take 30 seconds of your time to leave us a a five-star rating. It it really helps us grow the number of people that are going to hear this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to Coach Jeffrey for bringing his exceptional positive attitude and tools to this fantastic podcast. Like I promised at the beginning of the episode, he's made me feel more energized and I hope you too. Let's use that energy to inspire ourselves and others to find our purpose. Thanks to my team, Ashley Bolden, who handles all the admin, and Chris Skipper, who provides editing and music for this podcast. For more information about the Create Purpose podcast, please visit us at www.createpurpose.net. And you can also find me on Instagram. My handle is at Zach.Arend. Please just drop us a message. Let us know what you think about the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. I'm your host, Zach Arend, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Create Purpose podcast. Bye for now. If you're a leader whose success depends on your ability to think clearly, then join the 8-Second Daily Coach, where I'll email you daily questions to amplify your leadership in 8 seconds or less. Sign up now at ZachAaron.com forward slash daily question. That's ZachAaron, Z-A-C-H-A-R-E-N-D dot com forward slash daily question.